Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Scottish Rite Journal podcast, an audio excerpt of the Scottish Rite Journal. This week's article comes from the July and August 2017 issue of the Scottish Rite Journal. Ancient Landmarks, Principles That Set Boundaries by Howard Koop, 32nd Degree, KCCH. Now, according to the general regulations published by the Premier Grand Lodge of England in 1723, every annual Grand Lodge has an inherent power and authority to make new regulations or to alter these for the real benefits of this ancient fraternity, provided always that the old landmarks be carefully preserved. Now, however, these landmarks were not defined in any manner. The first attempt at this was in jurisprudence of Freemasonry in 1856 by Dr. Albert G. Mackey. He laid down these requisite characteristics for each landmark. 1. National immemorial antiquity. 2. Universality. and 3. Absolute irrevocability. Now, he claimed that there were 25 landmarks in all and that they could not be changed. However, subsequent writers have differed greatly as regards to what they consider the landmarks to be. So, in 1863, George Oliver published The Freemason's Treasury, in which he listed 40 landmarks. And in the last century, several American Grand Lodges attempted to enumerate the landmarks, ranging from West Virginia, 7, New Jersey, 10, to Nevada, 39, and Kentucky, 54. Now, on the other hand, Joseph Fort Newton, in his book, The Builders, offers a simple definition of the landmarks as the fatherhood of God, the brotherhood of man, the moral law, the golden rule, and the hope of life everlasting. Roscoe Pound, 1870-1964, to subscribed to six landmarks. 1. Belief in a supreme being. 2. Belief in the immortality of the soul. 3. A book of sacred law as an indispensable part of the furniture or furnishings of the lodge. The Legend of the Third Degree, The Secrets of Freemasonry, The Modes of Recognition and the Symbolic Ritual of the Lodge, and six, that a Mason be a man freeborn of lawful age. 
In the 1950s, the Commission on Information for Recognition of the Conference of Grand Masters of Masons in North America upheld three ancient landmarks. Monotheism, an unalterable and continuing belief in God, the volume of the sacred law, an essential part of the furniture of the lodge, and three, prohibition of the discussion of religion and politics within the lodge. Two things, high speed and rapid change. They characterize society as we know it at the beginning of the 21st century. In this fast-moving and rapidly changing society, we're not sure that either the destination or the way to arrive at that destination is always clearly established. Now, in this situation, we need something to guide us, something that will establish definite boundaries and set clearly defined limits for us. Now, in a society, in a nation, or the fraternity of Freemasonry, that's the function of landmarks. Beginning at the Damascus Gate in Jerusalem and running northward through the Judean mountains, an ancient highway winds its way through the Holy Land to Damascus in Syria and around the Fertile Crescent to the Mesopotamian Valley in Iraq. Now, one beautiful Saturday morning, the Sabbath in Israel, in late October, as the silver-green leaves of old olive trees on the terraced hillside shimmered in the bright sun, Brother Coop and a busload of American pilgrims traveled a portion of that ancient highway on their way from Jerusalem to Galilee. Now, a little over 20 miles north of Jerusalem, without any warning, the bus stopped. After they followed the guide off the bus, they gathered around him as he pointed to an ancient landmark beside the highway. Now, that landmark indicated that Shiloh, an ancient city in Ephraim, was located to the east of the highway. That brought to mind the sacred law and its description of the location of Shiloh, which is north of Bethel, on the east side of the highway. It goes up from Bethel to Shechem and south of Lebanon. Judges 21.19 Now, from time immemorial, such landmarks have been erected in that part of the world, and those landmarks, usually made of stone, often elaborately inscribed by master craftsmen, were erected by operative masons. Now, they served to mark boundaries between fields, between districts, and between nations. In general usage, landmarks have taken on a wider meaning. Frequently, the word is used to designate an event, a document, a piece of legislation, a judicial decision, or something else of major significance that is considered to be a high point that establishes boundaries and sets limits. Now, Masons are, or at least they should be, acquainted with the usage of landmarks, for the ancient landmarks are mentioned on several occasions in Masonic rituals. But are we really acquainted with them? Well, one evening, August 13th of 2002, Brother Coop decided he was going to conduct a test to see how familiar his brothers were with the ancient landmarks of the fraternity. So, when Brother Sam, who was a senior member of the Lodge, and one of the more knowledgeable brothers, entered the foyer of the Lodge, Brother Coop asked him, Hey, Brother Sam, 
What do you know about the ancient landmarks of Freemasonry? While leaning on his cane, Brother Sam furrowed his brow and with a puzzled look said, The what? Well, about that time, Brother Kenneth, a mason of many years and knowledgeable enough to prompt any brother in need of assistance with the ritual, walked up and said, What was that, Sam said? Well, so Brother Coop directed his original question to him. Brother Kenneth, what do you know about the ancient landmarks of Freemasonry? Well, Brother Kenneth drew back in kind of astonishment and said, uh, well, what are they? Well, after talking with a number of his knowledgeable brothers, Brother Coop concluded the average member of his lodge knew little about the ancient landmarks of the fraternity. Now, this ought not be, for Masons are often reminded, or they should be, of these ancient landmarks. Those receiving the entered apprentice degree, at least those within the jurisdiction of the Grand Lodge of Kentucky, are reminded that certain invaluable and incomparable landmarks might never be omitted or departed from. Henry Pertle, Kentucky Monitor, 1987, page 56. Furthermore, recipients of that degree are told that in all things, the ancient landmarks are respected. In the installation service for a new master, we are reminded that the master should be well-skilled in the ancient charges, regulations, and landmarks of the order. Then, while kneeling at the altar, he takes a solemn obligation that he will not permit or suffer any deviation from the ancient landmarks and established customs of the order. But what are these ancient landmarks of Freemasonry with which every Mason should be familiar? Well, no less an authority than Albert G. Mackey wrote, those peculiar marks of distinction by which we are separated from the profane world and by which we are enabled to designate our inheritance as the sons of light are called the landmarks of the order. Now, Dr. Mackey further said, The first requisite, therefore, of a custom of action to constitute it a landmark is that it must have existed from time whereof the memory of man runneth not to the contrary. Its antiquity is its essential element. In October of 1922, Dr. Mackey published a list of 25 landmarks in the American Quarterly Review of Freemasonry. Since 1858, others have compiled similar lists of landmarks. In fact, Robert McCoy, in his voluminous work, The General History and Dictionary of Freemasonry, 1871, pages 216 and 17, gives six lists of landmarks, including Mackey's list. But, from what has been able to be determined, Mackey's list seems to have become the standard for many, if not most, Masons. So, Brother Coop asks if you will indulge him with the privilege of sharing with you, in the briefest form, the essence of the list of Mackey's landmarks. Now, these ancient landmarks establish the boundaries and set the limits of our fraternity. 
In ancient times, it was considered a serious crime to remove established landmarks. The sacred law, which is always open upon the altars of our lodges, when they are congregated and respected by our brethren at all times, decreed, You shall not remove your neighbor's landmark, which the men of old have set. Deuteronomy 19.14 And as far back as 2,500 years it had been proverbial, Remove not the ancient landmarks which your fathers have set. Proverbs 22.8 Now, although these ancient landmarks of Freemasonry may not be amended or changed in a formal way, Brother Coop wants to tell you unequivocally that there are two ways without our vigilance by which they may be changed. Now, one of these is by ignorance of them to the extent that, for all practical purposes, the ancient landmarks and the boundaries they establish and the limits they set for our fraternity are ignored. The second way these ancient landmarks may be changed is by a callous and cavalier attitude toward them. Now, Brother Coop believes that ancient landmarks are the time-tested and unchangeable principles that set boundaries and fix limits to guide us in our fraternal relationships and activities. Our Masonic heritage, that ancient landmarks may not be changed, is a powerful reminder that all landmarks, dear to each of us, which has established boundaries and set limits from time immemorial, ought not be taken lightly. But all time and under all circumstances, they ought to be taken most seriously. This requires our constant vigilance. So mote it be. As always, citations or photos for this article can be found in the corresponding Scottish Rite Journal issue. The Scottish Rite Journal is published by the Supreme Council of the Scottish Rite, Southern Jurisdiction. The illustrious S. Brent Morris, 33rd Degree Editor-in-Chief. I'm your host, Bob Chase, 33rd Degree. Thanks for listening.